Hi, I'm Zoe. And I'm Esme. And, and we're, we're too much. Ooh, good enough to get back to. Bad enough to bail again. Bit too much that you can't chew. But you're gonna tell your friends. I, I'm too much. I, I'm too much. I, I'm too much. <laughs> you're too much. So today we're gonna talk about chemistry. But first, we need to discuss um, our new intro. So we have a new season coming. <laughs> new season's about to drop. Yeah, and we're workshopping, you know. <laughs> we're workshopping. We've been trying some things out. You know, hi, I'm Zoe, and I'm Esme. Hey. We're too much. It's giving boring. It, it's boring. It's She's boring because we've done it for over a year. Yeah. And it's time for a change for it, season three. It's time for a change. And it's like, I don't know if you guys watch ASMR, but the classic is, hi loves, hi loves, 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 loves. So let us know <laughs> if you would like that. <laughs> we could try. Let's, I try love. let's try. So you go first or so do we do it at the same time? We do time? it at the same time. Okay, or, or wait, maybe we echo. Okay. So you go, hi loves. 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 And then we start <laughs> tapping the mic. <laughs> Welcome Sorry, but- back to too much. <laughs> we're um, not an ASMR podcast. And then the other one we were workshing, workshopping. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tell us if you like this one. Three, two, one. Hey! hey! It's, it's us! Again! Ooh! <laughs> that one's good. Or we just sing the theme song and then play the theme song. So we go, ooh. Good enough to, to get, get back, back to, to but enough to fail again. But you know, too much. Mm, 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 mm. Why, why don't we know our own lyrics? <laughs> I don't know. I'm so bad at lyrics, I can't remember. Me too. Even though this is a short little anyway. song that was literally custom made for us. Custom made. <laughs> no, I know Bronwyn usually corrects me. <laughs> I say it wrong quite a bit. She's like, wake up, wake up, listen. Um, yeah, so all that to say, let us know which one you prefer. Yeah, tell us what you would like. Maybe we could change the, or I do a British, a a British intro, you do a, like, (laughs) what if I'm like, hello, (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm Ismay, and you go, (laughs) and I go really, like, American or, like, Canadian, I'm like, hi, I'm Zoe. <laughs> what language do they speak in Geneva? French? Yes. Okay, so... Oh, bonjour. So, if you don't know, just yes. a quick kit you up to date. Yes. We'll tell you more about season three and how we're changing things up. Yeah. But not yet. Not yet. We're teasing. We're teasing. I, I keep wanting to post on Instagram, like, a picture of us and then write big things coming soon. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like a SoundCloud rapper. Yeah. Um, I'll do that. I'll do it. Um, but I, you know, I'm soon moving to London, March 10th. Mark your calendars. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's a big move. Part of season three. We're going to use that content. And then in the fall, Zoe might go. It's looking very probably we'll go to Geneva. Yes. So we're becoming, I still need to be accepted. We're becoming international, yeah. cultured, and we will be using our new knowledge of Europe in the podcast. Yes, and I will be only podcasting from the UN. You yeah. should know. And we actually will only be discussing politics from this point <laughs> on. Yeah. <laughs> so, global us, politics. 
global <laughs> politics conflicts, we will be giving our takes uh-huh. and solutions. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do is each episode is going to be a huge global conflict, and we're going to solve it in 45 minutes. <laughs> we're going to solve it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to change the world. So I'm excited. We're going to change the world. <laughs> and we are. I'm excited for the rebrand. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about Central America and... Um, you know, yeah. North Africa. and <laughs> You know the stuff. <laughs> you know all the places that we're going to discuss. And we're going to talk about French Polynesia, um, Tahiti. Yeah. And Japan. Yeah. <laughs> and we're even going to talk about the moon. Yeah. Because no and one the, talks about the moon. No one's talking about the moon and um, Br- Brunei. Brunei. I want to talk about aliens. I want to talk about Laos. I don't know. <laughs> Enough about Laos. Enough Enough, about Laos. My nanny growing up, Esme's thinking about... You had a nanny? I did. I had no idea you had a nanny. Yeah, sorry. Her son, like, loved to travel and just, like, for, like, life. And that's what he does, actually. He just travels. Okay. But, like, really cheaply, like, he'll work wherever. He'll be a tour guide anywhere. Like, that is how he spends his life. Okay, so so he, like, flies little jobs when he's traveling. Yes, but I never met anyone who just, like... You know, people do that in their 20s, but he he's, like, 40 doing that and has a fiancé. Like, they just... And they do it together. Yeah, they just travel. You know who this reminds me of? Who? Ken. Ken! <laughs> no, it reminds me of Ken, too. Wait, but hold on. He lived in Laos. All that to say, he lived in Laos for a long time. <laughs> so that's all we know. That's why I'm thinking about Laos. <laughs> yeah. He did live in Laos. Um, but, yeah, it does remind us of Ken. L- did I give the update that Ken hit me up? Maybe not. Well, let's give a like a memory for those that maybe. Let's remind us about Ken. Speaking of chemistry, let's yeah. Let's talk about Ken. So Ken, when Zoe was abroad in Europe for, I met um, him in Granada and Granada, Spain. Uh, you know, Zoe was doing the hostel thing, mm-hmm. and in Granada, Spain, Zoe was staying in a four-bed hostel with my three. Three of us, my roommates. So there was one empty bed. And who was in the? the you know, they kept being like. Gender reveal. Gender reveal, like on Instagram, they were giving updates. They were like, "They're about to come." Ah, like, who is, like, who is it, it going to be? Yeah, and then who is it? It's, it's Ken. And Ken is forty, from San Francisco, works in tech, and you can tell by the way he looks. Yeah, so visually He's good looking, but yeah, douchey. Yeah, and he always has very young girlfriends. They've. Remained under 25, a sort of Leonardo DiCaprio type, if you will. And he, but he claims it's not a pattern. He claims it's not a pattern. (laughs) And that it's not on purpose. They all happen to just be really mature for their age. Yes. Um, But then he has the classic, he claims he's ready for commitment, wants something really serious, wants to have kids soon. But then we'll dump them at like six months, one year point. Classic. And for no apparent reason. No apparent reason, except usually it's something about kids. And he also had this fantasy of being baby trapped. Like he wanted this girl to trap him in with, to commitment with a baby. But his, his grandparents resented him because he was like a baby trap child. Mm. So he has this trauma around baby trapping and also wants to reenact it. Yes. So it's a really psychological phenomenon. <laughs> it's like he knows he won't commit till the 
there's an accidental baby. Yes. And yet he wants it. It's very confusing. It's He's con- classic avoidant where he mm. will just like... Wants the right he'll one. He'll be like, they're just not the one. That's why this isn't working out. When it's like, actually, partnership and building a family takes work and effort. Yes. And you're not putting any of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's giving you, don't, you're not doing any of it. Um, yeah. He would travel a lot. In hostels, but he was rich. So it didn't make yeah. sense why he was in a hostel with three girls in their early 20s yes and like he was dancing with the like hottest girl in our hostel in that time and then we were like girl he's 40 and she was like no no way yeah because yeah. he looks and young he, he looks, looks young. young he looks like 28 all that to say ken sent me a message after he broke up with his 25 year old girlfriend who he was dating at the time and he said hey on whatsapp um uh i have a spare bedroom yeah. For so you. he basically said, let's fuck. I'm flying you out to San Come Francisco. Come to San Francisco. <laughs> and you were like, no. No. I just never answered. Yeah. I was like, it's WhatsApp. Not real to me. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> anyway, that's a little, we've been on a lot of journeys yeah. and we haven't even gone to. Let's get to chemistry. Yeah. Which you and Ken had a lot of. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> No. On his end. On his, his end. end. No, that's one thing we've been talking about lately is, like, it's hard to imagine. I was even talking about this with someone um, I met on Sunday. Uh, we were doing, like, this pole dancing project, and we were discussing how, like, romance, how, like, someone had dated a best friend but had still seen them as a best friend and someone else had felt really romantic, like, that kind of chemistry where on one person's end it's platonic and one person's it's romantic but when you feel chemistry with someone you can't even imagine they don't feel the same yeah i don't believe that i i think it has to be a mutual thing yeah it's the same thing with we were having that debate of like can you can you fall in love can you be in love if the other person's not in love with you? Like, is that possible? Mm. And then it's so weird because I was listening to a podcast. It's Le- Lexi's podcast, at Lexi. You know, I've plugged her before. I love her podcast. Uh-huh. But she rarely has guests. But for it's a solo podcast, usually. Oh, kind of interesting. Journal format. But she had a guest on, one of her friends. I think her name's Alex. And they were just, like, doing big existential questions that yeah. listeners had sent in. And they were talking about, like, that question that everyone debates. Like, can you fall in love if the other... It, it doesn't have to be reciprocal yeah. for you to be in love. And, you know, I've all, it, we've debated this before. Yes, we kind of landed on it's just infatuation. Yes, yeah. But you were more on this... You were more debating that idea that unrequited love could exist. Yeah. Um, and I was more anti. Yes. But this perspective that they gave that I hadn't thought of before... Oh! That I thought was really interesting. It's like, because we know we've seen people... One person fall out of love while the person's still in love. Like, that does happen. Like, someone has to fall out of love first. Like... Maybe there's that's true. there's at the same time like a progressive, but I usually think one person falls out of love kind of before the other. Yeah. Um. But same for what if people? What if in those moments where you're in love first and they're not yet in love, but they're yeah. in the they're about to fall in love. Yeah. Like that maybe there's different speeds. There like are maybe speeds. Maybe you fall yeah. first and compared. Like mm-hmm. maybe it isn't in sync necessarily. Yeah. That makes and sense. I hadn't thought about that. That like I do think that could happen like I think in my past really like the only time I've ever been in love I think I fell in love first Mm -hmm. and that and that's my 
my interpretation of it, but I was like, oh, that's so true. Like, it could be that you fall in love at different speeds, but maybe you're yes. coming to the same destination. So it made me rethink that question. Yeah, I have new thoughts about this debate too. Now that I'm confronting my kind of no trust, I'm trying to think about who I've really trusted because I think to actually love someone, you have to trust them. And I'm yeah. thinking, like, who have I really trusted? And like how a lot of my pain comes from uh, trust. And that's why I think of every heartbreak as a betrayal. If It's just a betrayal of trust. Like I trusted you to, to be To here. not hurt me. Yeah, yeah. or something and like to that. to stay in my life forever. Yeah, kind of thing. Another thing I was thinking about is like a lot of first romances have both infatuation and real love. Mm-hmm. But like uh, some don't. Some don't. I feel like I have friends who are in love for the first time and it's that very like steady love with minimal infatuation but I think you and I both were big on infatuation even though you had way more love but I remember we were talking about how it's different like friendship love versus like romantic love but I think the actual difference is like infatuation because like romantic love can have both infatuation plus true reciprocal love which Mm -hmm. then gives it that ultimate Ba-ba-boom. And then there's another third <clears throat> thing, I think, in, like, like, even though, you know, we both have, like, you know, we, you know, we do plan things as close friends where, like, that we plan for each other to be in each other's lives long term and where mm-hmm. we, like, have plans for, like, things to do, but you don't really plan with a, even if they're, like, your best friend, you don't yeah. really plan your life together. No. Not in the way that, like, if Partners you would too. be with a romantic partner, you would plan your life together. So there's also, like, that that long-term plan, like, I'm going to yes. keep you in mind of my plans that adds, that makes a difference. Yes. Because I think, like, friendship, friendship, love, and, like, planning, you're, you're still, like, oh, I always want you in my life yes and you're always going to be there but you're not the intensity can take it's like i'm going to move to london yeah it's not really something that holds me back that these you know i believe these friendships will hold on and i'm going to stay in contact and all that but like if if i were in a relationship right now and doing like long distance that'd be really different and harder a different journey yeah no exactly and i also find it so interesting how Some people find the emphasis on planning really important and other people don't, especially because we are like 21 and 22. It's like, in my mind, I'm like, who should really be planning the rest of their life? I'm like, you've been an adult for five minutes. Are you sure you want to plan everything with one other person? But some people really do. And it's also different because the people I know who plan the most are two 25-year-olds in love that we know, like Anna and Rocio really plan their lives together, which but makes complete sense. there's such a difference between 25 and 22. Like, yes. Because it's true. Like, the only relationship I know that, like, like, really, really plan for each other, mm-hmm. they're they're 26. Like, yes, you know, exactly. Like, and it's just because they're in a different... If you're in your mid-20s, it's different. You can start to maybe... Because mm-hmm. you're... Like, at your late 20s are just around a corner. Yeah. Like, it's a different thing when, like, Like, I thinking about settling down. It's true that, like, right now, if I was going to talk to someone and, like, I could start a relationship with someone right now who, you know, one big goal in my life and I know for sure I want kids. Yeah. I, I, it's no, non-negotiable for me. It's, like, number one thing that I know I want. And, um, and even then, I would date someone currently. I would have a serious relationship with someone who, who doesn't want kids because it's just not a factor right now yeah. that I'm not really planning long-term. Yeah. Like, if I was going to date someone, even if I was going to 
plan them into my life for the next year. It's not yes. like I'm going to, like, think, like, 10 years down the line. <laughs> yes, but that 26-year-old I went out with in September, I remember being like, it's so funny you put wants kids in your thing. And he was like, just in case, like, I meet someone, like, he's 26. If he meets someone and they are together for three years, it's like, they it matters. Kids. Yeah. It matters if they want kids, you know? It, it is. It, your mid-20s, you do kind of change how yeah. you date. If you do want to start settling down towards your 30, early 30s. So yeah. it is crazy, like, the change of priority. Because you were, Zoe had just gone on a date, and he was just like, just so you know, I'm, like, not ready <laughs> to be a dad. And I'm, like, Zoe's, like, what? Like, <laughs> he was talking about, like, the 29-year-olds he knew. His, his, his roommate was looking for a child also. Oh, yeah, like, he was just, like, he's around people, like, he's a little bit older, but not very, like, no. maybe almost mid-20s, and then, but he's surrounded by people in their later 20s, and he's just, like, oh, no, feel, everyone wants he's kids. He's feeling the pressure, <laughs> and so he's, like, I'm 21. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's just so funny when that's even brought up in this scenario, because you're, like, that's so not part of our world That's right now. That's not my journey. <laughs> like, I, I want us to be compatible in certain ways, but, like, Future planning isn't yet part of the compatibility. No. Which is nice, I guess. It's nice. It is. Because now, well, going on the topic of this week's episode of it yes. being chemistry, it's like, I think that, like, maybe once you're, like, trying to, like, act, you have goals that feel bigger than, like, just having fun. Yes. <laughs> um, Like, you're like, okay, I really want a stable partner who's, like, financially in a good place, not in debt, that, like, I could, like, want to have kids with and could build a family with, or yeah. all these, you know, and we have these similar values and our families get, like, you know, if your these goals become bigger than just, like, I kind of want to have fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but right now, to us, like, when we're dating, we're not looking for these values necessarily or these, like, same shared goals. We're just looking for someone that we think we have really good chemistry with. Like yeah. chemistry trumps all. Yes. And it's kind of like an interesting like it becomes like our god. Like we're looking. Yeah. It's the priority <laughs> and we, we've both gone on dates with people that were like I guess on paper they seem like a good person. They're yeah. nice and they're cute, but like I feel nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it is also interesting. Chemistry comes in such a different, I don't know, shape if you're not friends first. One of my biggest questions in life always is thinking about how people start dating not through proximity, which I really, I I ramble on about this so much, but I think through proximity, you can start to feel chemistry with someone that maybe you wouldn't have before almost. Like if you see a coworker all the time, like the first time you meet, if you made out then and there, you wouldn't have chemistry, but the more you get to know each other, the more that's kind of cultivated. And the fact that chemistry isn't entirely chemical, because sometimes I think about kissing and like if that that first kiss is electric, you're like, it's so hard to not think this is just like our saliva, like some kind of like hormonal situation yeah. where you're like, but I think in other ways, chemistry is cultivated through proximity, which is stressful because then there's, I'm like, do all the only do only good relationships come from proximity basically and I'm like where do I need to be to be proximate to someone but I also think both like anyone who's been kind of significant that like I've actually had feelings for I the first second I saw them 
yeah. I knew. Like, it wasn't yeah. like I no, got to you're know right. them more or something. It's like, yeah. I saw them and I was like, I am instantly yeah. drawn to them yeah. and want to know more about them. Yes. And, and nobody, like, even, and, you know, I think of the frustration of, like, I was listening to a podcast. I think it's called Line. It's like an NPR podcast. Um, and they did, like, a Valentine's Day special uh, oh. all about, like dating app, yeah. like the new way that we date modern dating versus like the historical reasons of how we date now yes. um and and also like it was really funny because uh, you know how like right now we're like oh just like the culture of dating like with hookup culture and uh-uh. dating apps it's just like it's really like dating's in crisis like almost it's like hopelessness and then this like his like this academic was like truly like every period in history people have like been hopeless about uh-huh. so, like, there's like a different crisis about <laughs> dating like we're always in crisis about connection mm. like a new obstacle in the way like um like because people used to not like go on casual like people didn't go steady like that was a new concept yeah like, people were in a crisis over that like yeah each time like there's a historical point where dating changes drastically we're all like crisis oh no crisis of connection like what is happening like, yes but it is the other fact that they gave on the podcast was that currently this is the most people have ever been single <laughs> yes but it's i i've seen most of the explanation for that is the kind of culture of um men in accountability mm. which is kind of what we were talking about um with something else private but we knew about this connection where it's like this guy was not being accountable. Yes. Where it's just, like, someone who's, like, oh, I need this from you, I need that from you, and, like, no amount of sweet talk can fix that. Well, standards, like... The standards are higher, and it's, like, it sucks for men, too, because they're kind of confused because their their dads didn't have the same standards, or, like, the men, old, even, like, older millennials don't have that same kind of standard that we hold young men to now. Which yeah. is stressful for them, but also for us, it's just, like, we expect from you what I expect from a friend who is a girl. Like, just basic respect, trust, that you can do things for yourself, that we connect, you know? Yeah, I I just think that, like, for me, and I think most of my friends, there's just this feeling of, like, I'm pretty happy single, so I'm yeah. only going to get into a serious relationship if I think, like, this is really worth it. And I think there's still this perception that men think we need them like they're hearing this stuff but they think it's a performance of a kind of a facade feminist situation like I don't need people but it's really hard when you actually don't need someone so you're like there's nothing that could make me (laughs) want to settle really and I don't know that it's really something that that a lot of young men understand maybe they do but Mm-hmm. I don't but know. But what was interesting with this podcast is that I think, like, uh, you know, I, we we often explore the feminine perspective on this of, like, this feeling of, like, all these single women and, like, uh, like men get their, are all, all the good men are in relationships or, like, this <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of viewpoint of, like, again, we're being very heterosexual. Yeah, yeah, Like, general. this is such a, you know, not the whole dating pool at all. Um, but... Like I, but in this podcast, you know, it was coming from people of all sexualities, all different genders, and like, yeah. uh, because they had like a part where they had like listeners call in and just talk about dating apps, uh. and there was just kind of this feeling like even like it was weird to hear men be like, oh, all the girls like I'm scared to approach all the good 
women I know are in relationships. Like, having the same feelings we have. And it's just, like, it's maybe it's just a perceived lack. Where we're, like, we have this perception that, like, all guys that are, like, worth pursuing are in relationships already. Or blah, blah, blah. And Mm. same vice versa. Like, and and it was just interesting to be, like, oh, everyone's just in this lack mentality. Yes. um, Around dating. And it's just kind of a... I don't know. It's cool. But the thing, the main thing I wanted to talk about from there, referring to chemistry, was that uh, they started the, the podcast, like, kind of talking about, I forget this, his name's Zizek, Zizek. Okay. You know, he's, like, a philosopher. <laughs> okay. Um, and he, like, talks about how, like, like, dating, like, dating apps and the algorithm, it's, like, having sugar, like, having a, a, a something, like, a pop, but without, like, added like fake sugar like having stevia in your coffee like it's like having it's this artificial Mm -hmm. like way to still give you the same satisfaction but there's something that's why it feels empty and it's like so he calls dating apps like kind of like we want to date without the fall we want to love without the fall without Mm. the falling in love without the risk yeah and dating apps with the algorithm and like giving you like it it gives it's still like it, it mitigates the the risk because you're not like going off to someone and facing real life rejection mm-hmm. even though I still think there's rejection yeah <laughs> obviously, but it's different that you can kind of block these little barriers and so like what part of the reason why people feel like empty like doing this process of online dating and just like meeting people swiping is like almost this feeling of like I'm doing something to try to fulfill this need like this need for connection but it's almost a superficial like replacement artificial replacement mm-hmm. for what I'm really looking for and then you end up feeling kind of empty yeah but and then the same thing on the podcast was that they talked about this like they had this uh researcher who was also doing like research on dating apps and she was interviewing a bunch of people and she was like joking that like she had interviewed like a sex worker about her dating life and then this like academic and she asked them both like oh, like, what, why do you not think, like, uh, why don't you think dating apps work? And both of them, like, so she was like, oh, they both said the same thing, that the algorithm just doesn't actually work. And it's true because it's like, yeah, the algorithm can give me people that are, like, good-looking enough, are interested in the same kind of, like, maybe cultural things as I am. Like, they like the same movies. Or yeah, they yeah. Like the, they like to read. They like this kind of music. And, like, on paper, they seem like a good kind of they're in the similar kind of area. They seem like kind of like a good match. The algorithm can give you those people. But the algorithm, because we're like complex human beings, yeah. that like chemistry in that feeling is such a huge part of dating, an algorithm could never actually calculate that. Yeah. And that, that fear of like, even with like the best technology, we will never be able to solve dating and make it not something where you just have to meet someone, try, and then doesn't work out, try again and yeah. keep going. Like, it's never going to take that position because it's just never going to develop to that. And it's almost comforting yeah. to know that they can't they can't get to that point. They can't... We'll never solve chemistry. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. a mystery. Yes, and I think, I don't know, dating app advice, too, it, that's why it kind of doesn't work because it is the luck of the draw, too. Like, you could be on any amount of dating apps. But also, if you meet... Like, I don't know, I think our hope or the hope that many people on dating app have is like, if I find 
20 people who I have the same cultural interest in, who I'm attracted to just based on pictures, whatever. If I meet one of those 20 people, maybe we'll have chemistry. Like maybe I will. But then, I don't know, dating feels like, I think what's so daunting about it is all the other factors. Even with like, I'm thinking, like there have to be a lot of great men who got out of relationships three months ago or whatever that are like, okay, hop on hinge, whatever. They're like kind of ready. But it's like, what if they are... Like, what if they're moving to um, the Yukon in July? Or, like, the, all those, like, little factors of being 21 and 22 are so stressful. Like, I f I'm, like, yeah. I have this fantasy of dating when I'm, like, 27 where people like to stay, hopefully, where they are-ish. Like, that's my dream. I'm, like, not all these men going on their, their trips, their journeys. Or and I'm, like... Uh, now I get to get, there's a satisfaction of being like, I'm the one leaving. I'm the okay. one like, oh, you like me? I'm going. I'm going. And, yeah. and being like, I'm going to be one of those guys who's not staying still. Yes. But the hardest part about being in your early 20s is that, that no one's feet are planted. So even if you have the right person, kind of right time, whatever, there are still so many risks in the way things will unfold within just like one year. But so many people move for people. Like, I... I, I uh, you're like, move? <laughs> no, no, I just mean that, like, I actually think, like, if you like each other enough, you're... Uh, I, well, actually, no, because this other part of it... I'm, I'm falling for the illusion, like, that we've been fed. Like, the, like, you know... Some keep referencing this podcast, but they talk about yeah. how uh, we've been fed like illusions about love since childhood through yes. movies or yeah. like through books or things. And like one of the like main rules that we're kind of fed over and over again through media, and you me saying that shows that yes. I really internalized it is that love conquers all. But like it does. This idea that like chemistry, love conquers all of it. That no distance or <laughs> yeah. values or family, like Romeo and Juliet, like their families hate each other. Who cares? Love conquers all. Like we all have this, like, we've been fed for like since we were little kids. That yeah. this idea that like if you are in love enough, it's enough, no matter what's being yeah. thrown at you. And so I guess I'm 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 falling for it because I'm like, people know. <laughs> yeah, people move. If you like each other enough, move. <laughs> move. But no, not that I've, like, had really big, deep feelings for someone, but, like, liking someone, wishing you lived in the same place and kind of doing nothing about it. <laughs> Being like, you're not even that far, but it's too far for me. Like, I want someone that lives here. <laughs> yeah, no. Because you know? it's just, like, you're not attached enough to do no. that effort. No. Long distance takes so much effort. And the people, some people do very, like, storybook like I, like I remember a girl in high school I knew went to Portugal once and had a boyfriend in Portugal for like a year and being like what is going on like that's very high school like I feel like high school you have relationships <laughs> that are almost primarily through text <laughs> yeah and like yeah, having a long distance lover doesn't feel <laughs> that far but like now I'm like I'm a grown woman <laughs> I don't want a boyfriend in Portugal I don't want a Portuguese <laughs> boyfriend no I just don't <laughs> yeah uh, but I also think with the, I think, remember when my, my brother started dating and he was like, oh, like, like he, he just, I think people before they try dating or before they try online dating, they have a, a an illusion that it'll be easy. Like, <laughs> you get matches, it goes well, you go on, it just all comes smoothly, it's nice, like, it's just like a tool to facilitate connection. And yeah, it can be that, but like... <laughs> Every there's not one person I know that's like hinge 
Love it. Easy breezy beautiful Best cover time of girl. My life. I'm having a great time. No. You know, we're on there and we're working. And we're <laughs> and we go to work and we clock in. No, it really is hard. And it's hard when you have to encourage other people to try because we're like, yeah, it's hinge the most painful you, thing I've ever done. But I, you have to be on it. Remember that terrible date I went on that traumatized me? Yeah, hinge. But and I'm like, but you have to do it. Do but you it. have to do it. Sign up. Yeah. Like, but I think, like, uh, like uh, remember, I told my brother, I was like, oh, you have to keep in mind that, like, you know, he's like, oh. I, and it was so sweet. He was like, I'm good looking, right? Like, why am I getting no matches? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I think we've all had that moment where we're yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm show. feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah. And yet it's not being reflected back to me. Like, I've definitely had that thought of, like, you know, like, and, you know, Hinge, we have a classic, like, your legs are the scariest place on earth. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is this where I'm... Like, what's up with the gremlins? Like, why are they all... <laughs> Am I on the same level as them? Like, <laughs> like that's so scary. <laughs> um, and I, I just was like, I wrote to him, I was like, you know that, um, like, Hinge wants you to stay on. Yeah. They don't want you to find love. That's no. not, none of these dating apps want you to not be single. They mm-hmm. want you to stay on for as long as possible. Yeah. And they're not designed to, they're designed to keep you on because the way they make money is selling your data. And the yeah. longer you stay on, the more they have your data. Yeah. And so you have to realize, like, of course, Hinge is not trying to make you find love. No. They have to have some success because some people have to be like, this is how, it's all those TikToks of like, <laughs> How did you guys meet? Blah, blah, blah. Hinge. You know what's funny? Like them married. Most millennial marriages are Tinder, though. I know this girl who met her boyfriend on Tinder who they actually broke up. They just got back together, and now they're engaged. Um, she's moving across the world for him. We say love conquers all. Love conquers all. <laughs> no, they actually, they met on Tinder. Sorry, not Hinge. But, um... My cousin's also married to someone she met on Tinder. It's very like you're 29, you met on Tinder five years ago. But it's interesting that with Tinder also there's like, it, it was about nothing but like sexual vibes, which is almost closer to chemistry. It was almost like, yeah, like who ooh, do you want? I saw your face. I love your face. <laughs> and I like, knew. And I knew. Yeah, and I knew. <laughs> and it's less about like Hinge has that kind of Instagram thing where it's more about what aesthetic you're projecting. It's like what kind of. Yeah, you're, you're, there's types and you keep going for people that are in the same box as you. Yes. And be like, well, we like the same song. Yeah. And therefore, should we start a family? Should we start a family? No. So maybe we, this is why my new dating thing is going for someone who's really hot. I'm getting more shallow, (laughs) need more. I'm going for hot people. I am. I'm on my hot person journey just because it's kind of like that thing that people always say. It's like when you're not having success dating, you're like, oh, this guy cheated on me and ruined my whole life. And I liked him just for his personality. And it's like, oh, you have to show people this uggo and be like, he ruined my life. (laughs) Everyone's gonna ruin your life. Choose a hot one. Choose a hot one. (laughs) Seriously, I'm trying to get more shallow. I like when we were like, it's very clear to me when you were just like, I think you're more shallow than me. Like, (laughs) you were me, you were like, your standards for a visual are high. (laughs) And now I'm doing the same. I'm like, honestly, she was onto something. Maybe we need someone really sexed up. Yeah, I feel like I did the opposite. Like, I was trying and I was like, you know what? 
Because I also think you think like, oh, if we can have a conversation or we're intelligent in the same way, we will like each other. Uh-huh. But no. Yeah. No, you're just gonna not like people. Yeah, I think the thing I'm I like the most is like, um, I want to feel like on a date, like I'm in a seminar. A seminar. Like I want to feel like I'm in a seminar. Like, I want to discuss Edward Said's Orientalism. Like, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. And I didn't realize, like... Well, I did. I always knew. What you want to discuss. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep up with you. What do you want to do? I want to feel like I'm in a seminar. Like, like we've all just read, um, like, The Body Politic. We've all just read, like, something interesting about the world. Like, think... So you want to have a book club date. Like, Like, I want to... What if you send them, like... Oh, something readings before. And no, you're literally. like, let's discuss this at our date. Like, I'm looking for a sociologist all of a sudden. Like, I don't know why, but that's the only... I feel like, and there's so many women I can do that with, but with men, it's harder to find a man who wants to talk about sociology, I guess. But sociology in, like, a pop culture kind of way. I'm like, I really just want to talk about the people around us and the world around us. And I don't I think, think I've struggled to find that. I feel like almost every guy that I've, like, kind of liked has been able to do that. I, I don't know. I I find it easier to find someone who's interested in more, like, psychology or people, m- like, micro sociology. But I'm like, I want to talk about things at large. Like, I want to get big picture. I know this doesn't make sense, but it's like, mm-hmm. that is when I feel the most, like, attracted to someone. I'm like, yes, exciting, like... Let's talk about the world at large. Like, like imagine I bring up this NPR podcast and I'm talking about it and, and they're like, oh yeah, that's really interesting, but they don't have another something they've consumed to share. It's like, what, <laughs> what do you do then if you can't, like you could share the things you're talking about, but can you like create new ideas? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, that's more rare than. I like that you're like, I need them to be hot and they've got to be smart. <laughs> I'm going shallow, I'm going hot. And then to you pivot, you're like, well, can they have a conversation about this hyper-specific thing I want to discuss? And this is what I want. <laughs> this is what I want. Oh, God. Guys, it's so hard. <laughs> I wish, no. I we always talk about how we wish we wanted himbos. Like, we see them out in the wild and we're like, fuck, that's killer. Like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> like I wish I wanted that. Yeah, I feel like it's like annoying. Um, like I keep finding myself like, I think it's like when I was a bit younger, or even just a year ago, I could see myself having conversations with people in like a dating scenario or a romantic scenario, and um, I didn't mind that they were like mansplaining. I didn't mind that they yeah. were like pretending to be have cultural capital, pretending yeah. to be more intelligent than they were, but. But now I just feel like I have these conversations and I see through the, Like, I'm more tired of, like, seeing through it. Like, it being a performance. Yeah. And I'm I mean, just, that's so much worse. And then just being like, I am bored by your performance. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just... I don't... I, I feel like I've almost had the opposite of, like, I'm so tired of us pretending to discuss something to like try to like we always talk about like the trying to prove cultural capital to one another back and forth back and forth Mm -hmm. and it being kind of an empty conversation yeah like I just don't care for that I don't really I think it's like with I'm like realizing like I it's like when we did 
at Zoe's Valentine's Day party, we did that thing where you got to pick, like, the traits that you wanted. Some of them were, like, good music taste, loves art. And I was like, I don't want that. I want none of that. I just don't care right now because all the times that, like, a guy has been kind of snobby or cared a bit too much about... Um, music, music art, or something, movies, yeah. and they like keep talking about it. It's empty. They're not even smart. You're just they like, don't like it. It's like you're like you. Your whole personality is just consuming content, and yeah. it's boring. Yes. Like, do you have thoughts about life? Yes. <laughs> Who are you beyond this? Like, I just like I'm like. That's oh. why the litmus test is something obscure, though. Like you have to bring up your chemistry podcast to then see what they have to say about but it. But no, because I think that they try to bring up obscure things, but it's like people hide their personalities with consuming content and trying... It's like their their personality is made of a wall of mirrors of things they've, like, consumed. Mm. And I'm tired of it. I don't care. I want to mm. know you as a person. Yeah. And so, like, that's why, like, I, I almost have started to see that because I used to want... I wanted someone who was, like, oh, like, they read the same books as me and they're, like, into the same, like, we can talk about music for hours or whatever. But most of the time, like, any guy I've, like, talked to who has, like, the same music taste as me and, like, and they, like, collect records, I'm, like, you're way too focused on aesthetics almost of appearing a certain way. Yes. And I don't care about that. Like, I want I would rather someone who would talk about their emotions more or something. But I don't know. Like, I just started getting annoyed with the superficiality of connections and dating and I think I just got kind of depressed about it like yeah just because I've been feeling like I don't know it's been a while that I've gone on a good like I keep being in dating scenarios or something where I'm like I just kind of want to go like yeah. I if you know if at any point like I know any good date I've been on I don't see time passing and it's a great time and I don't ever want to leave yeah but if I can feel myself being aware like Time is passing, yeah. I see time's passing slowly. Yeah. There's no chemistry. <laughs> There's no chemistry. Yeah, I think we still have more to say about chemistry, but I do have to go to class, so we do have to wrap up. Um, but I do have a, a thought about this. I think, like, even I made a friend on Sunday, and what I'm trying to get at is kind of, like, I guess less cultural capital because I understand I understand that completely. Someone who's like, oh, you read Saeed? Well, have you read Fanon? Have you read, like, whatever? Wants to talk about more. And it's like, okay, you read the abstract. Like, you didn't even read these books. Um, But it's like I was talking to this person where I was like, oh, my God, I'm making a friend. This is crazy. Was because we were discussing um, just, like, what the movie was about that we were, like, pole dancing for, which was, like, gender and like sexuality and then we kind of got on this thing about um like they were telling me they took this seminar about like dutch sexuality and then was like oh actually the whole idea of butch and femme comes from like discomfort from other people like wanting to see a man and woman together so that kind of like um gender queerness associated with like sexuality queerness is like part of performing for other people to make things look more heterosexual or at least that's like kind of the origin Mm -hmm. of that um and I just remember thinking oh my god how interesting like I just want someone who has interesting things to say I guess I was thinking like oh my god now we're friends like we've just like we've asked these questions together and we've tried to answer these questions and now we're friends and I feel like so many people I date aren't curious about the world (laughs) you know but i'm 
concerned like, about the people you've dated. <laughs> like, why don't you have questions about the world? Or the questions they do have, I'm bored of. Like, I hate their questions about Yeah, you kind of have to be curious in similar ways. Or yeah. complement each other's curiosities. But I do think, like, a shared curiosity is a huge... But it, it's hard because that could be friend chemistry. Yeah. It, it, it can't solve romantic chemistry. No. It's not the main thing. But it can help. But it it's kind of what makes you feel like friends with your partner. Yeah, yeah. But uh, one thing about the thing you were saying is yeah. that I, on another podcast, they were talking about, like, like, ways that you say things that imply another. And this gay man was talking about how, like, he was moving in with his partner. And, uh, like, people would always, like, friends and family would always say, oh, like, who's the handy one between you? Like, uh, saying, like, yes. who, like... And, who's the and, man? And, and, it's, and it's implied, who's the man? Yeah. And, like, this, like, having to put, like, yes. a, a gender, like, binary, like, and also put a heterosexual, like, man, more feminine, more yes. masculine presentation in the relationship. But it's just, like, and it would be, like, it's not inherently an offensive question but the undertones are offensive yes and so it's like an interesting I thought that was cool yeah it's also surprising when you know queer couples and you're like well one of them clearly has a mask situation one's really femme but then it's like oh like thinking of my friends like Taomi and Louisa like only Taomi knows how to turn on the barbecue or whatever it's like those moments where you like find yourself surprised and then you're like oh my god literally just because of these the way these people look I'm assuming Louisa knows how to use the barbecue better than Taomi (laughs) It's, like, such a weird... But I I feel like most queer couples I know don't fit in that. No, they don't. And you just see them as, like, two people in love. Yes. Like, I I don't know. Like, most queer couples I know, I don't have, like, this is the most more masculine one. This is the most feminine, more feminine one. I'm, like... No. But like, sometimes your, like, assumptions are challenged or assumptions you don't even realize you had. Like, you're like, oh. Yeah. We're groomed into thinking this. this yeah, thing. yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm about to learn about crime and punishment. I'll let you guys know all about it after. We're talking about homicide this week. <laughs> that's, that's next week's pod up. <laughs> homicide. Okay. We want to get more political. We want to get more political. It'll be all about Laos and homicide. <laughs> homicide in we Laos. We want to look at the crime rate in Laos. We'll find an expert. Okay, I'm Zoe. And I'm Esme. And, and we're too much. much. Good enough to get back to. Bad enough to bail again. Bit too much that you can't chew. But you're gonna tell your friends. I, I'm too much. I, I'm too much. I, I'm too much. You're too much.